This week on The Business of Lifting Weights, we sit down with Chris Lynch, the owner of Everyday California, to discuss building a brand from a local business and how to think big while staying local. What's going on, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we're back with episode 19 of The Business of Lifting Weights. Uh, today we are joined by our guest, uh, friend, and gym member at Performance 360, Chris Lynch. How's it going, guys? Stoked to be here. Yeah, very happy to have Chris. Um, so Chris is a different type of guest for us. Um, he owns, I guess, the best way to put it would be adventure, lifestyle, slash apparel, Slash California gear. Yeah, no, <laughs> slash juice bar. Yeah. Slash uh, yeah, a couple Chris, other things. Chris owns a brand called Everyday California, which is for me and um, Pritt's been really cool to follow the evolution of. Basically going from local kayak rental place to this brand that is now, um, I mean, could you could you say it's a global brand? I mean, it's in two countries at least, so... Um, Close. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hoping. No, I always like to hear somebody else describe it, though, because it it's a tough business to describe. And it's something that myself and my business partner, Michael Sommer, have worked on so much. We even like brought in a publicist to help us figure out what how to tell we? people like, <laughs> yeah. what we do. Um, because we're an ocean adventure and lifestyle brand um, that's really trying to share the California lifestyle with people around the world, the yeah. California lifestyle and spirit. Uh, and it's funny to say because you talk to so many people who say, well, we're a lifestyle brand or we're creating a lifestyle brand. Right. And people create t-shirt companies and lifestyle brands by the thousands daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, for a long time, and even now it's, it's, and it's totally, totally cool with me, but I try and describe it to somebody, what do you do? I'm just like, I make t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> a lot <laughs> I mean, of people just kind of laugh. I like, yeah, I make t-shirts. <laughs> um, and, and now we have our little foray into the juice business, which yeah. is completely different. We were talking a little bit about it earlier, but that's Wahole Juice Box, which is a cold-pressed juice company. We mm-hmm. actually bottle, um, and we're looking at uh, distributing juice. So a totally different direction, mm-hmm. yeah. but works well with our newest store. We have a, a brand new store that we just opened, and we had a, a lot of space, like close to 3,000 square feet, and we're like, what are we going to do with this place? It's massive, but we wanted it, and so we came it's up with the a concept. Cool place. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're stoked. I mean, I, I'm no, you guys have been over there. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, totally different different concept for us. I mean, we wanted to bring in a healthy, um, healthy juice company that kind of fit with our California lifestyle you brand. Know, you know, you mentioned two totally separate businesses, shirts, for that lack of better better describing that, but juice. But they also are very similar in the sense that it's healthy, active outdoor lifestyle. So I think that that is a big component is while it is very different, it also shares a lot of the same kind of values as your core business. Yeah. That's been our biggest struggle is trying to mix all of these businesses together and figure out that right balance. Because you're right. We started, when we started, um, everyday California, we had a pickup truck, some kayaks, a cell phone and an iPad. And that was the company. Mm -hmm. Like we would illegally drive the boats down to the beach and (laughs) doing business where we shouldn't be. And there's like three of us down there. Exactly. (laughs) We're we're like, what do you mean you got to pay taxes? It's crazy. (laughs) Um, And that was a much easier business to understand. We were a kayak tour company. Like that's all we did. And then we added in the apparel and we had scuba diving. We were like adding in things uh, on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And now still, we still, our adventure company is a massive part of what we do. We see 50,000 people a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we started the apparel company is we had all these people coming in to go paddleboarding with us or go kayaking with us. Back in the day, we used to do scuba diving. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to sell them something. Right. We, you know, you have this captivated audience. Why not sell them more? And that's where the idea for the juice bar came as well. I mean, if we're going to take them out on the water and we're going to have a good time with them and then we're going to sell them a T-shirt, we should probably feed them afterwards. Right. So we kind of went with that whole. Yeah, I remember, you know, talking maybe a year ago, um, you had mentioned people would always ask you after they'd be done with the tour, like, hey, where can I go get something healthy? And so that just made sense. Instead of sending people outward, now you're just adding you know, a, a new line of revenue for those current people that you've already brought in. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things like just real quick, um, as I see this covering a lot of info, you know, this is a gym owners podcast, people who run gym businesses primarily. So, um, to give a little bit of insight into why we thought to have Chris on, um, number one, we want to support the local company. Chris is a member of the gym and he's a follower of the podcast. Um, number two is, for, for us personally at our gym, I know we're constantly looking outside of the industry for ways that we can improve our business. I think if you get too hung up in just looking at what other gyms are doing yep. or just looking at what fitness people are doing um, for inspiration, then you're going to run dry pretty quickly. So for us, I know for me personally, like when I look at um, ideas for branding and how to market better and how to kind of create that um, that that really that feel to your gym and to your brand – I look at what Chris has done at Everyday California and the guys over there, and it's it's really is remarkable. I understand that a lot of people who are listening to this may not be familiar with Everyday California, people who aren't Southern California residents, but just to kind of give like the, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Chris, just to kind of give like the step-by-step progression of what those guys have been able to do is they started the kayak company, did you guys start it or did you acquire it? We bought a license to operate. Okay. So basically we bought a license to be able to do kayak tours. Awesome. So started the Outdoor Adventure Company, which is not um, not unique. You know, the, 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 you're down at the cove doing that with a bunch of other companies like we've talked about before. Yeah. But been able to take that experience, Outdoor Adventure, and turn that into a brand and an apparel line, which has become... Very, very popular. We'll get into the details of it, but um, I know, Chris, you just had that deal t- with Cherokee Global yep. um, that put your guys' stuff in Kohl's and uh, Canada. Sears. We were at Sears Canada. Sears, yeah. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a bunch of really cool big deals going on, but yeah, it, it led to us, uh, part of my company, being acquired by a publicly traded apparel conglomerate. and From running kayaks in the water and that's remarkable and now he's into other things like juice um he's got a bunch of other deals in the place which we'll hopefully go over but the the takeaways here are how can you take your small business every single gym is also a brand whether or not you're aware of it or not how to take the small business brand it and turn it into something that puts you in a position to where you can really grow it and really do bigger things other than what you might be doing just locally in the gym um, and what, what, what Chris and his team at Everyday California has done over the past few years has been um, really remarkable. So getting into the details of that today, kind of everything that you guys have done, how you see branding and marketing and 
what kind of details you look at when you're thinking of doing deals, just kind of your evolution on how you guys have grown everyday California. Cool. So no, I think I, it'll be a cool perspective. No, yeah. I appreciate the kind words. It's, it's awesome just to be here. Yeah. Um, so why don't like when you guys, when you guys opened, when you got that first van and you were going down there, putting the first kayaks in the water, mm -hmm. did you have a grand vision for where you saw it? Did you see where you are now or has it just been one step at a time? Um, I did. I, I 100% did. Um, I didn't want to start this company had we not had that pie in the sky idea. Mm -hmm. um, I know that no one, it, it, when we first started, plenty of laughs and jeers. You know, you're going to start a t-shirt company like everybody else. Right. Um, or you're going to start a lifestyle brand. But there was no reason for me to start a small tourist kayaking business. Um, you know, I'm not um, the smartest person in the world, I, I, but I do feel like I could have been successful in another arena. Mm -hmm. um, and I never saw myself being like a curmudgeonly 50, 60 something year old guy down there waving a sign and trying to rent <laughs> kayaks. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not what I wanted. And right. when I came in um, and joined my, my business partner, I said, if we're going to do this, I want to be major. I want to, I want to create a brand around this. And he was on board with it. You know, we both didn't want to see a future where we were just the kayak tour operators in mm -hmm. La Jolla or just doing the scuba diving or basically just running an adventure company. Um, so that was the idea for sure. And it was also about diversification. I mean, at the end of the day, let's be honest, when the weather's bad, you don't do kayak tours. You mm -hmm. know, if it's raining, you're shut down. There's any number of things. We have a lot of regulations through the city. We're paying major amount of taxes. The real estate there is expensive. Um, there's a lot going on. I mean, your guys' real estate is extremely expensive. Right. I think we're um, and I know similar deals. Yeah, and I know that you've had to deal with the city as well. So we looked at it like, let's diversify. And the number one diversification that we felt like we could get into because of our business was um, apparel and, and branding. Uh, remind me real quick, when you acquired that initial license and you guys launched, mm -hmm. was it called Everyday California at that point? It was not. Okay. No. The license that we purchased was called OEX. That's right. It was an OEX. Yeah. So that's actually how I originally, yeah, how we Found originally met. Yeah. yeah. You know, just hearing the two names, OEX or Everyday California, uh, you get two very different feelings about that brand yeah. without knowing anything about both of them. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important. There's so many gyms out there specifically in so many businesses where it's just like, you say that name and it has no meaning whatsoever. OEX to the average person. I know there's other OEXs out there. Um, not to say anything bad about them, but that means nothing to the average person. Mm -hmm. So um, developing a brand that means more than just your core business, I think, is a major, major point that everybody needs to strive for. I know that's something that we've been working on pretty hard with all the stuff that we're doing so that we're no longer just a local gym, you know. Um, you're not just a local kayak company. You're more than that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I, I'm excited to have Chris on is for me personally, like, I totally agree with that. And I think you'll agree with what I'm about to say. Like, we always want to be a local gym. Yeah, of course. But you want to set yourself up so that you're not just restricted to your local market. Right. Like, you need to be able to set yourself up to be bigger than just, like, Chris working the stand renting kayaks. Right. Or, you know... 
you and I in here greeting members or Julianne as the coach, you know, you need to create something that is set up so that, you know, you keep those successful roots and you don't mess with what allowed your success. Like for you guys, the outdoor adventure company, but also allow yourselves to grow into other things. Because I think like Chris was saying, being able to diversify when for any number of reasons, when things aren't potentially going your way, if the economy hits or something like that. Right. Um, all, always having multiple streams of revenue, which, you know, I think is something that lots of gym, gym owners and fitness people should be thinking more about right. than just focusing on just, you know, running classes all day and that being the core of your business. Absolutely. No, um, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's when we started as well, and we still think hyper local, um, as you guys do as well, because you have, you know, your membership core is local. Um, a lot of our business is local, you right. know, and by local, I mean Southern California, uh, Arizona. That's where we get the majority of our adventure clientele. Um, but when we started the apparel, I wanted to be like a cool local apparel company. Yeah. You know, I totally looked around and I was like, well, Rusty started a block down from us. And I want to be repped by the cool kids who surf. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but over time, I realized that that's not it's not all about like being super cool in your local market. It's about having a mass appeal and being able to be successful on a larger scale. You know, I I would rather be the number one selling item in a Target than the best, the coolest shirt Mm -hmm. in San Diego. Right. You know? Yeah, Yeah, that's so interesting to me because you're able to bring that big global growth mindset to what you're doing, but you have still managed to keep the brand extremely cool and local. Like, everyday California is a cool thing. Like, I'm a 34-year-old male who thinks stickers are stupid, but like (laughs) I would put that sticker like on my computer, you know what I mean? Or on my water bottle. And like, I look at what you guys do in social media and it still has that cool hyper local feeling that this is a bigger brand, but it's still kind of locals only type thing. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about just how you've been able to achieve that getting bigger while also staying local? Yeah, I I think it's it's such a balancing act, and it's something that we talk about on a daily basis. I mean, it it comes down really to the nitty-gritty. I mean, yesterday, we're like, you could talk Instagram, for example. Yesterday, we posted a picture. I think it was somebody climbing uh, in Yosemite and talking about that, you know, that type (laughs) of lifestyle. And then the next photo was just a screenshot of it was 99 degrees in La Jolla yeah. at mm-hmm. our office, yeah. which really doesn't mean anything right. to people outside of La Jolla. But we want to pepper, like we pepper it in a little bit to I, kind of totally stay with our core audience. Um, but most of the time, I, I do have our people focusing on think bigger, think bigger, mm-hmm. think bigger. Um, I wish I had a specific answer for you. It's it's really that's been our our struggle is is trying to feed both audiences and trying to keep the quality up. Um, I don't want us to revert back to our earlier days where maybe we'll take a picture of like we'll throw some stickers up in the air or a picture of a hat that's on a fence post, you know, because that was the budget we had back then. Right. Um, but it's still okay to pepper those things in every once in a while when it makes sense to maintain um, your your roots, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just sense. yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it, it totally makes sense, and it's like I don't I know there's no like textbook on 
on how to do that, but it's just, you know, the, the power of branding. And like you said, every single person, especially in Southern California where it's active and there's the mountains and there's the ocean, creating a clothing company out here in a lifestyle company is something a lot of people try to do. Um, why do you think you were able to rise from that crop and not only be successful locally, but develop that larger scale impact of it? I think it kind of, first off, it goes back to the fact that we have the adventure company. Uh, I can never discount that. It's really hard to start an apparel company, even if you are an amazing So why, I'm sorry, why do you think it was so dependent on the adventure company? Because we had a captivated audience, because Mm -hmm. we have those people coming in and everybody who came out with us on the water had to look at an item of clothing or a hat or something that we had in there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're making your own, if you start a t-shirt company tomorrow and you don't have your own store, or maybe you do even have your own store, you don't have customers coming to your store. We were already, we already had so much traffic built into there right. that we had a captivated audience already. Um, that is really how we started generating it. And also, if you want to start a clothing company, you need to, the upfront capital that it takes is crazy. I mean, let's say you're going to do a small line, men's line for the fall uh, or spring, we'll call it spring uh, 17. You're going to invest $25,000 on a tiny line. And then you have to go out and sell that line. Mm -hmm. So you got an upfront cost of $25,000. You're hoping a 50% margin on that. So you'll make $25,000. And then if you actually sell all of that out, you now have to go and produce $50,000. So you're going to need $50,000 to make another Mm $50,000. And you're constantly battling and trying to make more money to produce more as you grow. Now, we already had a successful business that was generating income for us and we were able to take that um, net profit and revenue and pump it into expanding our apparel and growing it and and becoming better about it and then we didn't just one day wake up and decide we were going to make a technical jacket or like four-way stretch board shorts we're doing it really slowly we know we can make a really nice t-shirt we know we can make a really nice hoodie. You know, we, we go very small steps. You won't see me coming out with 18 women's bikinis in the spring because mm-hmm. why make 18 women's bikinis when they might not be any good? Right. Why not just make one that you know can be really good and grow from there? Um, I think that's really what's kind of helped us as well. Uh, and then just not being the cool kids. Um, I think a lot of apparel companies like we talked about before, like when I first started, we really wanted to be like the coolest kids in La Jolla and make the (laughs) dopest shirts and just be like badass. And then you realize, why not just be cool? Like, that's not who we are. Like, I'm not the coolest guy in the world. Like I surf, I don't, I'm not in contests. I can't do airs, you know, right. There's nothing wrong with that. I just be cool enough. Like just everybody, like, I don't care if you guys boogie board or if you like to scuba dive or if you don't even like the ocean and you only like rock climbing, like there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I see like, to be honest with you, I see just a direct parallel to that and gyms within the fitness community. Um, You know, we have a very similar approach to that. And I think a lot of gyms and a lot of uh, gym owners try to market and they get so caught up in like the, games athlete or somebody who is like at that high level and you know it's all about being able to associate yourself with 
that person. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of people miss the boat on the fact that the majority of people are not that they're not the pro mm-hmm. surfer. So it's like, maybe that pro surfer can put on one of your shirts and sell you a bunch more, yeah. but it, it, that that's not developing brand loyalty. Um, you want to get, you want to connect and you want to get philosophically with people who are the everyday person and the everyday person that come into the gym connecting with them or the everyday people who wear your guys clothes and gear, you know, connecting with them and, you know, not necessarily trying to just have to be like this, like you said, like the cool people that are on the backs of whomever. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm try and be here four days a week or so. And I've, you know, I'm a decent athlete, but even myself, I'm not really looking to come in anymore and just be hardcore fitness guy. And it's not where I am anymore. And I don't even know if that really was where I would have been when I was younger. I'd rather come in and enjoy what I'm doing and have a good time at the gym and leave being fulfilled rather than I worked out with the guy who's at, you know, the Reebok games or whatever it may be like, you know, yeah, he smoked me. It was awesome. But yeah, you know, it's why be that hard? Why be that hardcore? Yeah. And a lot of times when you market as, you know, you've got these super, super high level athletes training at your gym. Well, now those middle of the road people or low of the road people are going to be like, well, that's not for me. Like if all these like amazing athletes are training here well I'm not an amazing athlete so that's yeah. not the place for me you're not connecting with you know and that actually just made me think everyday California it's like the everyday everyday person that is actually in the name I thought that was pretty cool when you said that it just kind of was like hmm, the everyday Californian yeah I mean I think that's what's cool about the brand is like the, the stuff that you guys post it's people going out and just doing outdoor things and they're living that lifestyle and they're connecting with the brand mm. um, you know I don't I see a lot of other companies where it's like they're all marketed by like what celebrity is wearing it and things like that. But yours is just, and I don't know if this has been something it's intentional. It's a good segue for the next question, but um, it seems from an outsider perspective that you guys are very thoughtful in your branding. Like the, like you said, you're not just throwing up a picture. You're not just throwing up a video. You guys put forth a lot of time and energy in your branding and you know, not, not your marketing, but your branding. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Like what you guys try to focus on in your videos, on social media, all that stuff. I just try to make sure that it's professional. Um, we're, I really like to focus on the small details. Um, I can tell you when I look at a picture uh, that we work with, when, when, even when we work with a larger company, I can tell if that picture has been through a filter if it if it's been photoshopped in any way or if it's a raw image and it happened recently there was a raw image and it it was at a big show and I don't do any a lot of the designing anymore but I used to do all of it so I can tell and I went and told them hey this is incorrect and I think you really have to do that you have to be willing to get out there and say like this isn't the way it it should be done this way it's the little details and you have to constantly be looking at the little details especially as as the business owner um, you have to know what's going on and you have to see little things and point them out or no one else is going to notice like no one else knew that that photo had was untreated it looked just fine Um, but to me I knew it was wrong it's one little tiny mistake Um, 
and we're getting better at it. We're nowhere near where I think we should be. Um, we're, but we're striving to be better. Um, we're still, we're tiny. We're so tiny in the, really the action sports and lifestyle brands. We're minuscule. We're, we're a blip on the radar. Um, and they do a lot of things very, very well. And I always look to see what those companies are doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it and constantly studying and, and constantly trying to improve. And I think, uh, I know that you guys are doing the exact same thing. Like you're not here talking about how to run a gym and you guys are constantly studying it. You're constantly learning it and you're improving what you're doing at, at your locations. Um, and it's just a matter, I think it's all about the little details mm -hmm. for me. Do you have any other examples of that? Like where your focus is on those details? And it's like, you've already mentioned it a few times with, you know, you'll take a lot longer to make a, a slightly better shirt and you won't make a ton of different items. You'll make, you know, one or two really good ones at a time. Um, you know, seeing a picture that wasn't quite up to speed that only you noticed. Like, why do you, why do you think the details are so important if only you are noticing that aspect of it? Because over time they add up. Um, we've cut some corners before we've made some shirts for wholesale customers that they needed right away and we banged them out and they turned out just fine, but they didn't have the quality that we had on our last run and some of them shrank and we actually had people return them because they shrank because they were under some of the marketing that we had that was made in California. It was garment dyed. It was pre-washed. Everything was the way it was supposed to be done. That takes much longer. Mm -hmm. And we shipped these out because the company needed them and wanted them right away. And, and we wanted to make the money. Um, but you make one mistake like that and you could lose a customer for life. Um, whereas if we keep the details and we do it the right way, that shirt you buy from us is going to last you for years and years and years and years, and you're hopefully going to come back and buy some more rather than you're going to buy one from us and it's going to shrink like every other shirt that you buy. Right. <laughs> and then you're over it. You're yeah, like, yeah, it's a cool logo. Right. Guy has cool branding, and uh, then you'll move on to the next next one that pops up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I think that when you grow one person at a time like that, then you understand, like you, you, you take it, you think it's a big deal when one person returns a t-shirt because at, at one point you were a brand where one person, you know, was buying a shirt and when you build it, that one person at a time, I think you're almost raised on that attention to detail. So you understand that like what got you there can also unravel you if, if, if the reverse of what you're doing is happening. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of inherent advantage to being like that small company that grows into that big one because of, you know, all the little things you've had to do um, in order to grow it. You just understand kind of how much attention to detail is needed. I think that that's something probably every small business owner can relate to, um, you know, being meticulous and being obsessive over the little things because, you know, I, I agree with that. I do think, you know, you let enough of them slide and that starts to become just part of your mentality and then you just let your overall quality slip. So I'm trying to think of parallels in the gym on just like how every every little aspect of quality, trying to stay on top of it as best you can. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, this isn't exactly the same, but we always talk about trying to do too much in terms of like, you know, this class, this type of training um, and adding like 10 different things rather than focusing on small 
uh, small jumps, you know, say, you know, we're the best, best Olympic lifting gym and then slowly adding in another style of class or something mm-hmm. like that so that you grow really slowly rather than opening up and being like, we do Olympic lifting, we do power lifting, we do kettlebells, we do Zumba, we do, um, you know, treadmill workouts, we do boot camps outside, we do all this different mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, you're trying to grow too fast with uh, too wide of an audience. You mm-hmm. need to stay focused, grow slowly. Um, and then, you know, I think that also if something, if a certain deal or a certain product doesn't work out, it's much easier to recover from that rather than, you know, launching 10 new things and nine of them failing. Um, it's so hard not to want to do that though. I know. Like it's really hard. Like we could sit here and I talk about how, yeah, we're trying to keep it simple and we're trying to think smaller, at the end of the day, I'm just like everybody else. Though I do, I want to make, I want to make 18 bathing suits and all kinds of stuff. Like it's so much fun. Like I want to, yeah. and I'm sure you guys are the same. Like you would love to have like all these different classes and a bunch of cool like workouts going on because you want to do all that cool stuff. It, it is much harder than it sounds to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our initiative that we're doing right now for our spring launch is pairing it back. We're we're, we're really coming pulling everything back we had like 30 men's tees last year or, or last our last line 30 like 30 different 30 designs different designs yeah because uh, we wanted to be like the big guys who have 30 right and we're pairing it back to like 10 it's like know? the whole apple philosophy man like offering less and getting more out of that yeah. um yeah. the whole idea of simplicity behind that i think any business can look at that and learn from it um you know offering fewer higher quality things as opposed to just throwing a shit ton of things out there. Absolutely. Um, so what are your, like, you know, you guys are getting to the point where you, where you're, you're growing and things are going well. You have all these deals that are, uh, I shouldn't say all these deals, but you have more deals and more partnership opportunities that continue to come your way. Um, and you did that deal with Cherokee global to really take your brand and put it in places where you weren't prior. You know, what, what are the things that you look at when you grow? Um, you know, is it every single growth opportunity is something that you take no matter what? Um, we talked a little on off air about it. Are you a gut instinct guy? Are you a numbers guy? Like how do you marry the art and the science versus your decision to grow the brand? So we don't take every single offer that comes our way. Um, I would hope that nobody takes every single offer that comes our way. Uh, but we listen to every single offer that comes our way. We're bigger than nobody. Uh, We'll listen to anybody and everybody. I get messages all the time. I'm sure you guys do from marketing companies and Mm -hmm. branding companies and opportunities. And there's always somebody who's, who wants to sell you something or talk to you about an opportunity or a potential deal they might have. I listen to everybody. I listen to as many people as I can. Um, when it comes down to making a decision on whether or not we're going to do something, I would say most of the time we're open. We're open to doing, doing collaborations. We're open to doing new deals. Um, I don't think. I think in the new, th- this new age, I don't think a lot can hurt you. I think what we were talking about uh, off camera is if we're selling a shirt. Uh, again, in j- just because for me, I can relate it to the apparel company. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're selling a shirt in, say, Walmart for one quarter and we do it there for one quarter, it's a lower price point. It's an introductory thing to get people who shop at Walmart to f- see our 
um, see some of our product. I really don't think that is going to hurt what we do at a at like a Nordstrom's or what we do on our website because those are two totally different clientele that we're hitting. Um, and we're able to reach across all markets um, as long as it's done right. right. But I'm not out here turning people down and g reverting back to we want to be the coolest brand ever and we're only sold in these two stores and it's a $150 t-shirt. Like, <laughs> that's not our brand. We're, you know, we're for everyone. We're, we're chilling. And uh, it, it goes back to the other thing that I said uh, we talked about it earlier. Being cool is being able to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's cool. Buying yeah, a house is cool. Yeah. I have no problem. We're doing deals and we're having a good time and we're trying not to hurt the brand. And I don't think we can uh, if we did one deal that might not. I, I mean, we, we haven't had a deal that's come across really that I've said that's going to make us look that totally doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. um, right now we're doing a hoverboard deal, those smart scooters that you stand on. The, um, Back to the future style. Exactly. <laughs> we're doing hoverboards, which is rad. Like yeah. it's such a, we're an adventure company. We, you know, we could totally do like skateboards or surfboards or yeah. stuff like that. The, this deal came across the table. We're like scooters. That's cool. That's <laughs> fun. Like we're going to be in GameStop, like 6,100 GameStops. That's awesome that is awesome yeah but that makes like if we hadn't picked up the phone or we hadn't listened to it it's like we might never have done that deal and is it right in our wheelhouse no you know that's more of a tony hawk type of deal um he's with cherokee as well um but for us it works it, there's if you guys saw an everyday california like smart scooter would you be like uh, Oh, they're that not cool you, anymore. Yeah, they're not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. Does that like affect you? No, like, I, I mean for me, so. like I, I, well, I totally am on the same page with everything you're saying, and it's like, you know, to me, the the quote cool brands are the brands that are doing progressive things that are, you know, you said it's not right in our wheelhouse. Well, if everybody just stayed in their wheelhouse, then nobody would grow, and like you could do the, the same small thing that you do and do really well at that. But I think anybody that owns a business wants to grow it. And you have to whether, take some risks. Yeah. Whether that. it's to grow it into what Chris and his team have done at everyday California or whether it's just to grow from one local location to two local locations. Yeah. There's things that are outside of your wheelhouse that you're going to have to do. And I think like, you know, to me, cool is, you know, there's nothing uncool about appealing to more people. Like this idea that the masses somehow make it uncool, right. I think is just nonsense. And I think that a lot of fitness gyms fall into that too and being exclusive and, you know, being ultra higher priced and, you know, being at the higher end of things. You know, if that's your market and that's your niche, that's fine. But if you do want to grow and you do want to expand what you do, having the mentality that, okay, I need to figure out a way to be relatable to more people. Like, I think that's cool. Yeah. And I think that's where most people's thinking should be personally. And how big do you have to get until people think that you're not cool anymore? Yeah. Like, I hope that we get that big one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that people are you'll like, be making a lot they, of money. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> what they, they used to be cool. That's what they say about Metallica now. And they're just like, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that used, you, like, I hope one day people are like, they used to be really fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. But then they sold out. Or whatever it is they say. Yeah, uh, like, the old selling and, and out. And from a gym standpoint, could, could we say the C word around here? 
Uh, I don't know what it is, but yeah. Okay. Uh, CrossFit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cross. I didn't know if we were, because I know you're not like, allowed to talk about CrossFit. <laughs> no, I got no, worried we were talking sure. about another word. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. But, uh, like, if you're talking about growing a a gym and you're talking, that, what that guy has done is fucking incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely it amazing. incredible. But now people are like, CrossFit, you know, you go to, like, yeah. like people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, anymore. I mean, you, you don't want to tell people, like, I go to a CrossFit gym. Right. Because it's gotten to that. Mm-hmm. It's so big uh-huh. that it's almost not cool anymore. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of the brands who are not de-affiliating, but they're, they're dropping CrossFit from the name. Um, I don't know why. Um, I think everybody's reason would be different, whether yeah. it's that aspect, whether it's however they view the brand, but a- absolutely. Yeah. Franchise um, fees, maybe, whatever. Yeah, wh- whatever the reason is, you're seeing that, and I think that, that absolutely plays a part in it. Um. So, you know, as you're moving forward and you're continuing to look at expansion and partnership opportunities, um, you know, it's a little bit of a little bit of a repeat from the last question. But what would what is something that would make you balk? Um, You know, what's something where you would say, like, hey, maybe we're not ready for that or I'm not ready to explore it or this partnership isn't what we're looking for. Um, What what are some examples that you could think of that, that would cause you hesitation? I, that's a tough one. I'd have to see it come. I, we'd have to get some to come across our desk. <laughs> um, I mean, we've d- we've we've turned stuff down in the past. Um, we're not, we're not whoring ourselves out. Yeah. But. Uh, well, like for you know, you don't have to say the name of it, but why why'd you turn down some of those deals? People. You know, I would say that a lot of it comes down to who do you want to work with. Um, it's an idea can be worked on. You can have a concept, and maybe it's not right at first, but we can work with it, and, and we can put our heads together and come up with something cool that works for both brands, mm-hmm. um, whether if we're doing a collaboration. Um, I don't necessarily like working with anybody who doesn't have the attention to detail. Um, you know, when you're talking about a GameStop type of deal and a mass retail deal, they have attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, everything that they're doing is professional. Yeah. Um, I don't like doing collaborations with people who say just started their lifestyle brand um, and they, they, you're brand new and you don't have that attention to detail. Some of them do. Um, you just have to focus on the on the little things. I guess it doesn't really answer your question. It absolutely does. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's huge. That's not the answer I was expecting at all, given like, you know, the numbers, the numbers approach that you have to doing collaborations and yeah. to growing, to then come back and say who you're in business with yeah. absolutely matters. Yeah. Um, that it's not even about what you do. Um, like that's so interesting that you know any idea can be worked on, but if the person's not right then it's not a fit for everyday California. Yeah, like imagine accepting a deal and then working with somebody that you don't want to work with for yeah. the last six months. Like not that acceptable. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> why open your <laughs> business? Yeah, uh, and it, it's almost like the flip side of it is I'm trying to to constantly relate it back to gym ownership is, you know, you want to be appealing to more people to grow, to expand your fitness offerings, but at the same time, you know, understanding that you don't want to be for absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liken that to like maybe doing something where you get a couple of bad, like new members in that aren't fits for the gym and they're right. just 
on paper they're they're great members they're strong they come to class every day but like maybe they're just dicks right and you don't want to grow around that so i think every gym has a balance of growth hitting that peak growth while also staying you know true to what they're doing but also being flexible enough to continue to grow and I, it's just that's why i find the growth of everyday california so interesting because of all those things yeah you know keeping what they're about to the absolute t on the branding and again from just an observer and somebody who enjoys the brand not changing at all but still managing to grow and be more appealing to so many people right um, and i just think that's really cool and it's something that any business especially jim can learn from is it the type of thing that when you're looking at a deal, do you look at their size and their reach? For example, would you ever take on a collaboration deal with a company that is like significantly smaller than you? Um, Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. We're not, there's tons of companies bigger than us. We're yeah. the small guy in the room for sure. Um, and I guess that's the question. Are you always looking at those deals that are like, oh, these are with the bigger guys because that will elevate our brand up? Or are you willing to do a lot of littler deals with littler, smaller companies because you know those add up and over time that kind of equals a big deal, if that makes sense? Yeah, we do more of, that's a really good question. We do more, uh, we're working on and doing more of the smaller collaborations and smaller deals um, just because A, they're easier for us to do because mm -hmm. We're small. They're small. Both want to work together. Right. It's way easier to get a somebody else who is at our level in the room um, and on the phone. Like you just call another owner. Like yeah. Just another guy. <laughs> like yeah, oh yeah, I started like five years ago too, and yeah. you can drink beers and talk and do some cool collaboration. It's yeah. it's fun. Then it is to like call say Nordstrom and be like, <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna do a put a big bear inside your store. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just can't do that. Um, so we definitely do a lot more of the smaller deals. Um, and it is, again, it's about who you, who you want to work with and being a younger ish, I'm 31 now entrepreneur, um, in San Diego, you guys know there's so many opportunities. There's so many other owners. Um, there's so many other guys that I go out with and talk to and, and end up doing collaborations with, or just end up like doing a podcast with you mm -hmm. guys right um that are awesome you know just keep i just keep my mind open to whatever it is and just make time for it and everything that i do i feel like helps grow the business um hopefully we'll sell a few more shirts because somebody will listen to this and right. maybe they go to the gym here and they had no idea mm -hmm. what everyday california was most likely they have no idea what, what we are but they'll check it out i i love that um, because I do see a, um, you know, I, I can relate as a gym owner, you know, to be honest, this is a lot of effort for you to come on a podcast and say, Hey, maybe a few extra shirts will be sold. But when you look at that from a gym owner perspective, you've got all these people coming to try your gym and, you know, you might have to send a bunch of follow-up emails or maybe even a few follow-up emails to one person, which is yeah. steps of time in order to get that one extra person. But over time, that one extra person uh, every week or every month is going to slowly add up. And over the course of a year or two, all of a sudden your membership is significantly larger than it would have been had you not made that little extra effort um, and spent probably a decent amount of time to gain 
that one extra person. Absolutely. That's like huge. Like, I mean, you think back to the beginning and you guys were for sure grinding your ass off on every single person to get mm -hmm. to sign up. And we, you know, we're, we were the same exact way. Like, almost going door to door like <laughs> buy this shit you know <laughs> buy this and going to every like uh little um farmer's market and just it just really you know i was tagging t-shirts and like we still a lot of that stuff actually still gets done like at our office like we have larger facilities when there's bigger deals and and you know we're hands-offish but a lot of the stuff that we still sell like comes like right through my office mm -hmm. and you know we've got uh guys and girls in there tagging it and bagging it and and doing the the like dirty work um but it, like you said it, it adds up like after years of doing it it just gets easier and easier and easier but this stuff is still super important right like, i mean it wasn't believe me it wasn't that hard for me to come over here i was coming <laughs> to the gym <laughs> it's awesome to be here uh but it matters like why turn something like this down? Like, I don't think you guys would ever turn somebody down mm -hmm. if they were like, come on my podcast. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the average person listening is savvy enough to be able to draw parallels with a lot of the things that you've said to their business. But, you know, to be more direct and to the point, not to put you on the spot a little bit here, but, you know, w if you were running a gym, what are some things that you would focus on? Just knowing what you know about customers and people and branding and, what are some things that you think you could take from what you've learned and be able to apply them to a gym slash any business mm -hmm. and see that success be transferable? I would bring in my business partner. <laughs> uh, because what we've done a really good job at, what he's done a really good job at, and my general manager have done a really good job at is training um, our employees. Like we were up to with our tour business and the juice business in the summertime, we're up to almost a hundred employees. It's crazy. But the amount of training and again, going back to attention to detail that they've put into it, like that bathroom when people walk in needs to be spotless. And my business partner, even to this day, will sometimes walk in and he'll like grab the 409 and clean the bathroom mm -hmm. and come out and be like, I just cleaned the bathroom. Next time, make sure <laughs> the shit is clean, <laughs> you know? And I think that the same, those same principles that are so basic can easily apply to a gym. Like, and your guys' staff is highly trained and awesome, which is why I love coming here. You know, I walk in and I know everybody's name and they're doing exactly what you would expect out of them. And it's always clean. But I think just those little things are so important. I don't remember who it was that, um, that owned gas stations and started cleaning the bathrooms and it increased their revenue. Like it was something crazy. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I got It's some, I know clean bathrooms book. in every business is a major thing and they teach that in CrossFit facilities. Um, and it's something that is like, we do a pretty good job of, but we could do yeah. way better. Um, and it's like, I, I just like, I love that attention to detail and like, you know, you've alluded to it a few times, but just being the owner of a company you know, yes, your role moves on and you do bigger and you do, you know, quote, more important things, but not having any, you know, giving no shits about going in and cleaning the bathroom. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, but just kind of doing whatever it takes with that. Yeah, you right. have to. You're the owner. You got to do everything. Yeah. You got to lead. You have to lead everybody else. And if if they don't think that you will 
clean the shit out of that toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then why Quite are literally. they going to do it for yeah. you? That's a great point. You know, if he had not cleaned it and just walked by, seen it was dirty, and he was like, hey, somebody clean the bathroom, they're yeah. going to be like, eh, fuck you. You yeah. know, they're going to be yeah. a little bit resentful for towards that but if he yeah. cleans it himself and he's like i just did this yeah. you guys should be doing it doing it next time they're like yeah i should yeah you know they're gonna do it next time yeah and that kind of stuff goes around like it, it you just have to do it you just have to do those little things um i guess from a gym a gym owner's perspective i would love to get into to seeing um, what other revenue streams you could generate. And I know you guys are thinking about that all the time mm-hmm. when you're making shirts and hats. And, and that's not only is that a revenue generator, but it's a branding opportunity for right. you. Um, and other ways to expand upon that. I'd love to see what, how the CrossFit got to be that big. Like what, you know, I know it's a franchise model. What did he do? Um, no, I'd love to like dive in. It'd be mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. What are some mistakes that you think small businesses could make that would prevent them from ever growing? Like, you know, I know you have competition that you guys yeah. have grown past. Like what, what, what are some mistakes that these, that these places in any industry can make to, to get in their own way and restrict themselves? You know, one of the funniest things that, uh, that I've heard along the ways, and this is just a, just a one-off experience though, but it was an owner who said, um, I, I'm over that Yelp thing. I'm just going <laughs> to, like why I'm not even going to deal with it. Like that's just, I'm just, just bullshit. That's, I'm over yeah, that that's terrible. Thing. So I'm just going to ignore it. We were like, what do you mean you're going <laughs> to ignore it? Like you can't ignore it. Like Yelp is massive. Yeah. Like I, we have thousands and thousands of Yelp reviews and each one can still like sting and you can learn something from every single Yelp review that comes across the, you know, the board, good, bad, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're learning something from every single one of those. And that was just one just off the top of my head that's like i couldn't believe that this guy said that he's like i'm just over yelp i'm not gonna <laughs> deal with it like nobody reads that shit anyway All right like what do you mean nobody reads that shit <laughs> like you better Everybody be watching reads. your reviews <laughs> yeah. on every single site google reviews facebook reviews yelp reviews right for us we have TripAdvisor. no matter what it is we have yachtpo when it comes to our apparel like always be getting feedback from you for you guys your members for us right. our adventure customers or our apparel customers right that's good. It's yeah. like you don't have to like something to be able to learn from it. Yeah. Um, I hate Yelp, but like that is something we that is just. We pay a lot of attention to exactly. it. Exactly. Because I do agree. I think yeah. even somebody who you think is out of their mind and maybe you did everything you could and they write a nasty Yelp review, well, you can learn about perception and, okay, maybe we were just perceived in a way that we didn't want to be. You know, and of course, if you fuck up, you learn about that as well. Yeah, you can learn. You just learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You. You totally, you learn to just like swallow your pride a lot too. And with the new juice company, um, we've had uh, a new management there. Um, and it was a little bit of me kind of talking back and forth with him to get him to to realize, and, and awesome, awesome guy, um, that sometimes you just got to suck it up and you just got to like take it. And that I sat around, I mean, we started our business in La Jolla, La Jolla is like one of the nicest neighborhoods in the country. Some of the wealthiest people who would totally just shit all over you (laughs) and you just take it (laughs) because you have to, because you're the business owner. You're not going to sit there and argue back. You just do what everybody asks you to do and you keep your nose to the ground and you just keep grinding. Um, Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. No, that's good (laughs) stuff. I mean, it's totally transferable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's why we have, 
you on the show here because different perspectives, different businesses, being successful in completely different endeavors all boils down to the same exact stuff at the end of the day. Um, and it's been really cool to hear just about that and the branding and the attention to detail and all the stuff that's taking you guys to where you're at now. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what can we mention um, locally? I know there's the juice bar. So why don't you just talk about, you know, plug it, man. Get people yeah. to go in there. Uh, we, we've been in. It's awesome out. for the record. Yeah. yeah. Locally, uh, we have Everyday California. Uh, we'd love anybody who's local come out to a kayak tour grab a paddle board, come out on the water with us. Um, our main store is our new flagship store down in La Jolla. You've got all of our apparel there. We also sell um, a bunch of other brands, uh, accessories. Like we have Nixon watches, blenders, eyewear, Shawood sunglasses, Pure Vita. Uh, we're really trying to create a cool new take on like a Pac Sun or even a San Diego, but we're a little bit more of a, a little bit higher scale. Yeah, um, those guys. That place do. is that place is way cooler. Yeah, the concept <laughs> of just being in the in the store is kind of a cool experience Thanks, alone. Man. Yeah, we're we're stoked. Like, so I just love for people to come by, check it out. If you're not in Southern California, if you're not in La Jolla, just EverydayCalifornia.com. We've got everything there. You can click left and you'll be in our apparel store. Click right, you'll be uh, in our adventure store. And then uh, and then Wahole. It's uh, Wahole Juice Box. Uh, brand 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 new um waholejuicebox.com website's brand new too so don't judge me too much <laughs> um but uh but wahole is actually located in la jolla as well and we uh cold press juice we juice every day um we've got acai bowls bataya bowls we've got avocado toast uh everything is fresh local mostly organic um it's awesome i uh, i feel healthier just because we started a juice bar. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome to have access yeah. to that every day. Um, I have one final question. You now have an Everyday California IPA. We do. We Correct. did. We had an Everyday California IPA. Hops were from Fallbrook, Southern yeah. California. Grain was from Northern California. 7% yeah. IPA. So who is one person... In the, I guess we'll go in history. One person that you would want to sit down and drink your beer with, and what would you guys talk about? One person in history. Um, I'll go, I want to go at least like one political, even though people probably that'll probably turn some people off. I would still like to sit down and have a beer with Obama. I think the guy would be awesome to sit down and have a beer with. I know that's going to turn some people off. So outside of that, uh, something non-political. Um, I would like to have a beer with, oh man, how about, uh, gee, you lost me there. <laughs> You've got to so do many, better than Obama, there's man. There's so many people. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't respect Obama. Yeah, I know. I know. He's, um, how about, I have to, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I was on this podcast, uh, the fourth poll last week, and um, the guy on there, Hit me with like four surprise questions at the end yeah. that I wasn't prepared for, and it was a fun way to end it. I was like, I'm gonna steal I was this. Like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Tim Ferriss always does. Uh, if you had a billboard, uh, what would you put on it? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, if you think of anybody other than that, um, you can let us know uh, who <laughs> you'd have the beer with. But um, yeah, it's been awesome. Do you have anything else, Pritz? Uh, no, I don't. I think we covered a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, it's been really cool. Um, really appreciate you coming on, Chris. I think there's so much information here 
to be able to, like I said, directly transferable to other businesses, especially gyms at the end of the day, um, especially the adventure side of the company. It's all about just service with people um, and creating a service that's good enough that makes people want to come back or want to refer you to somebody else. And it doesn't really matter what you're providing. I think those parallels are all the same. Yeah. Um, sure. So it's been yeah. cool to hear your take on that and um, really appreciate you coming on and continued success to Everyday California, man. Thanks, yeah, man. Guys. All right. Appreciate being here. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you guys again. Um, and same drill as always. Share the episodes. Let us know what you thought. Let us know ideas, topics you want us to discuss and continue to provide feedback. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye.